Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Mindfulness Happy Hour, where back to reality specials are always served straight up. I'll be your host, Evan Vasili. And I'm your co-host, Montana Maxwell. And before we even get into the topic of this very first podcast we're about to go into here, I wanted to give you all a pretty brief introduction on why we wanted to do this in the first place and what this podcast is even going to be about. So basically, I wanted to take concepts that are rooted in mindfulness and Buddhism and make them 21st century practical. To give you a bit of background, about seven and a half years ago, I stumbled into a little shop in a strip mall next to a grocery store called Buddha For You. And I was originally brought in by a sign that said free meditation, Tuesdays, 7 o'clock p.m. And ever since then, I've still been going. And... Honestly, this stuff has helped me immensely, possibly more than anything I've ever encountered in my life up to this point in time. And I wanted to take a lot of the things that I've learned there, coupled with things I've learned in other places, um, kind of pieces of, of biology, especially as it relates to the brain, and figure out ways to make people healthier, happier, and to make their lives better overall. So enough about me. How about you, Montana? Well, you brought me into this whole mindfulness Buddhism world when I was a wee 18-year-old, and I had no idea what was going on. I was super lost. I was just starting college in a new city, and it really helped ground me, and I think that I have become a much wiser, smarter person than, I mean, who knows, but then maybe I would have been without it, and my, you know, idea for this podcast, the spawning of it came from all of our late night conversations, talking about the world and our mentalities and the way we see things. Basically, we talk about a lot of this stuff just on our own. And every single time that we'd have a great conversation about some of this and say, come Damn. to these amazing realizations, <laughs> we should be recording. We'd this. say, wow, we should have been recording this. So, so finally, now we are we're actually doing that. <laughs> So with that said, you know, for, for a long time, I mean, God, we originally came with this idea way back in October of last year. And of course, like, uh, you know, a lot of people, we, we sat on it for three to six months, kind of delaying and you know, coming up with excuses why we shouldn't be doing it. And finally, when we all this coronavirus, our yeah, we, we got locked in our houses for a month and a half. And what better, opportunity to to, <laughs> what better opportunity to finally step in and... Uh, you know, start sharing some of the wisdom we've gained over these years. Yeah. So exactly with that being said, this first episode is going to be about what to do during our Corona days, how to stay a little bit more sane, how to keep up with routine, Stable. That's right. and keep up with either your good habits or forming good habits, even during all this craziness. So without further ado, here it goes. Let's get into it. Well, how has this whole thing been for you so far? Honestly. It's been hard. Yeah? How about for you? Why? Because um, I, first of all, have really bad wanderlust and want to go out and explore and travel as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Even though it's temporary, it's really tough <laughs> not to be able to plan anything or know that we have something fun coming up. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm behind that 100%. But, but yeah, I think, uh, and for me at least, it's the lack of social connection, it's the lack of structure, it's the lack of 
having a reason to get out of the house and do something other than, uh, you know, sit here in our tiny 600 square foot apartment. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so So much of it is what, what can we do given the situation? Yeah. Because um, so much of this is outside of our control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rather than, I guess, staying focused on, you know, things that other people are doing to make the situation go away, I think a you know, big piece of it is what can we do within our power right here right now yeah i mean that's basically the genesis of this podcast is how can you and i stay sane through this and i guess how can everybody listening kind of take away from whatever we're doing and incorporate that into their own lives yeah so you know with with that said i mean what what are what are some mistakes that we've made right off the bat give me a couple a couple big ones you know what are, what are some top ones a couple big ones yeah. um having expectations uh-huh. thinking that this quarantine was going to be over within two weeks i mean the first biggest mistake was thinking quarantine wasn't even going to happen <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we went, I, re- I remember that we went to have a soup pie and one of our friends was saying oh i think oh, california back, is yeah. definitely going to be under quarantine and i was like in my head i was like that will absolutely never happen there's no way and yeah. then like two days later all the bars and restaurants were closed and we were still <laughs> pretty much stuck inside and then even after that i kept thinking oh this can't go longer than another week i'm thinking and, oh yeah you know by the time march rolls around it's gonna be over and yeah down we had a trip planned at the end of march down with our lives. that's right people were talking about starting to cancel it and i was like oh no i doubt we'll have to cancel it mm-hmm. <laughs> but so i mean that's something able- that's something i'm still dealing with is trying to tell myself that you know, now they're saying April 30th. That, that might not be the date that we're all done with this. Yeah. So exactly. that was so, one of my biggest mistakes right off point, the bat. And I, I think I said this somewhat recently, too. And, you know, just, just go into it not necessarily thinking it's never going to end, but also thinking that it's not necessarily going to end at a certain point in time. You know, kind of just taking it day by day. Cause it's all you can do with this, yeah. right? That, that's really it. What about you? Do you have um, a, a big mistake? Yeah, so aside from that, I mean, you know, have, having expectations, but also, um, yeah, just not not having any sort of real schedule. Kind of just like going about my day and saying, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this thing, like, you know, whenever I get to it today. Yeah. And <laughs> luckily, I've, I've worked from a home for a couple, in the past couple of years in the, the last job I had, and, you know, so I'm relatively used to. I guess trying to structure my day with a, without a whole lot of structure aside from, I guess, you know, my regular work meetings that I have and everything that I have to kind of work around and deadlines and, of course, things I have to get done on a normal basis. But um, this this is a little bit different. Um, it's just, you know, first of all, it's every day. Second of all, you know, it's really changed the way that everything has happened kind of all over the place. Yeah, I think I think one of the hardest things about this has been freedom too because I know I really really probably in almost in a healthy way value my freedom (laughs) and this has been a true test of having some freedoms taken away Mm -hmm. and I mean I know it's all for a good reason and it's completely worth it but that doesn't mean that it's not still difficult and you know we're so used to having our weekends packed with fun things to do, seeing friends, Mm -hmm. going on vacation, whatever it may be. Even 
Well, God, I mean, here's here's an example for you, right? I mean, like, there's there's things that I'll do on certain weeknights, right? Like, there's a there's actually a temple that I go to called the Dharma Bum Temple, which is actually a lot of the inspiration for um, you know why I even got started with this podcast. Um, but but anyways, you know, I, I go out Tuesdays at seven o'clock p.m. stuff like that, and that that stuff is all canceled right now. Like, it's it's just not happening. So all the things that would normally come up um, that would kind of structure my day and kind of remind me what day it even is, all those things have disappeared. Yeah. So it's almost like all the days are kind of just blending into each other at this point. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm even starting to work on weekends a little bit because it's just easier now that I don't have something going on. Whereas usually I try to keep my weekends sacred, so... Every, yeah, everything just is kind of starting to blend into each other. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I find that, you know, when, when you have a environment where there's no real separation between things and you haven't kind of compartmentalized your different activities, um, there's, there's, a, there's an effect, and I'm actually forgetting the name of it, but basically a, a task tends to fill the space of time that you have given to it. And if that space of time is endless, then that task is going to end up taking way longer than you thought it would initially. And you're going to end up starting it later and it's going to bleed into the next thing. And, you know, before you know it, um, everything's just a mess. I know what you're talking about. I totally forgot the name of that too. But they say if you schedule an hour meeting, then even if the actual substance of the meeting takes a half an hour, somehow it'll end up going an entire hour. That's right. Um, but yeah, no, I think, so is that our first point? Is that our first uh, guideline to yeah, people? Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a great segue into our first guideline, actually. Yeah, and I, I think kind of the, one of the biggest things in order to stay sane is, um, you know, stay, stay structured. Keep, keep a schedule going, you know. When, when you wake up in the morning, it doesn't have to be like minute by minute, uh, you know, but... Just, just write a general outline of kind of the order of things that you're going to do that day, you know, the things that are the most important, um, you know, kind of take it and, you know, break it down maybe by the hour, you know, make sure to include some margin time in there, but take some time in the morning and say what you're going to do that day and kind of estimate the approximate amount of time it's going to take to do that. Yeah. I want to say how important this is, especially for people that may not be employed right now or that may not have a job because... Although I'm still working, I only work a few hours throughout the day at weird times. So I know how hard it is to not have something to do until 5 p.m. My day just hasn't been structured throughout all of this. So I'm trying to get to a point where it's a lot easier to follow a structure. And I think even for people that are saying things like, I want to start a new hobby right now. I want to work on my music. I want to work on my art. That's awesome. Like definitely take advantage of this time. But for some reason, it's still really difficult unless you decide to like put, put away some time for those things. Cause it's really easy right now to just binge watch Netflix, to read a lot to, and all those things are great. But I think even for those fun new tasks that are still a little daunting, it's important to put away time. To, to, to set some very specific scheduled time to do those things. Exactly. Because otherwise, you know, it turns into a situation of where, you know, you're going to do it tomorrow or you're going to do it next week or, 
and, and that day that day never comes. Yeah. Right. Even if it's something um, fun, it's just easier right now to lay around and do nothing. That's right. I, I've, I've actually got it as my computer screensaver background right now. It's a it's a Seneca quote, a Stoic Stoic philosopher. But yeah, anything that can be done later can be done today. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's one of the biggest things, I guess. Um, you know, basically, you, you have to be somewhat disciplined still. You have to maintain that discipline because without that structure, um, it's funny. I, I actually just I actually just read a book um, by Mark Manson called Everything Is Fucked, which by the way instantly became one of my favorite books. It's awesome. But um, you know, basically, he, he talks about the fact that so many people think that freedom is the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Basically, just hedonist paradise, right? Yeah. Have all the money in the world. Yeah, be able all the to money in the world. Fly to Greece on a whim. Right. <laughs> eat, eat whatever you want, when you want. You know, like just be having fun and you know, having a good old time every minute, every day for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And he introduces the concept that you know, basically, that that's a fallacy. You know, and, and in fact, it's it's imposing limitations that actually keeps us happy and actually keeps us, you know, kind of moving forward and. Uh, I guess focused on things that really matter and are actually going to bring us real lasting happiness in life as opposed to kind of, you know, focusing on this endless hedonistic pleasure thing going on, right? Yeah, and Um, it's funny. So let's, why don't we talk about what his actual definition of freedom would be? That's right. Yeah, so so he he goes into a a section where he, he breaks choices down into three main categories, right? Like he's got a category, he talks about basically the way that kids make decisions, right? It's all about instant gratification, just, you know, I want an ice cream cone and I'm gonna do whatever I can to get that ice cream cone right now, right? And then he talks about kind of like the adolescent way of making decisions and you know, it's more more transactional. Like I do this, I make this sacrifice, I get that afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then kind of the final stage of that is uh, the adult phase where you know it's it's much much more long term and much more focused around creating a mutual benefit and kind of you know making decisions that that may or may not come back to you and you know necessarily benefit you directly but but overall just make everything that you touch upon kind of kind of better and make the world a better place yeah. and in, in doing so that's ultimately what makes you happy. Yeah, it's like the difference between a teenager who's who works for three hours and gets paid three hours worth of minimum wage and then goes out and buys whatever the hell a teenager buys versus an adult that puts away a little bit of money every week for retirement in order to have whatever it is that they plan on doing with the later in life. You know, knowing that that retirement could go away, they could die. You know, like. They're not spending all that money every week because they are choosing the sacrifice. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. By the way, what the hell do teenagers buy these days anyways? What are they spending their money on? Vapes. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, yeah. So moving a step beyond that, a couple things that... I include in my routine that I would suggest to everybody else because it's been super helpful to me. And there's a lot of times that I'm doing it where you know I think to myself, "Oh man, you know this sucks. Is this a waste of time? You know, is this is this even worth it?" Um, and then it's funny. I'll go uh, I'll go a month without doing it, and I'm like, "Whoa, all right, now I get it. Yeah, 
I guess I guess this is worth my time and energy. But uh, basically, it's, it's something called the Grunge process. G R E N J. Exactly, and that stands for gratitude, random acts of kindness, exercise, meditation, and journaling. And this is something that I originally got from a TED talk I listened to. I'm going to say back in like 2015 it's or 2016. It's been a while. It was like five or six years. Yeah, it's ago. been it's been a long time. But basically, um, yeah, TED talk by Sean Aker, I think it was. But uh, yeah, th- these are all things, I guess, that are scientifically proven to make us happier if we do them on a regular and consistent basis. So the first, I think the first one is, is pretty self-explanatory, but, but gratitude, you know, I usually start my day by writing five to 10 different things that I'm grateful. And I try to switch it up every day, just so I'm thinking about you know, more and more things that I'm grateful about or for or, you know, whatever, but Basically, I start my day with that because I like to go into things thinking about the stuff that I've got and the stuff that I'm appreciative of as opposed to the things that I don't have, kind of letting that negativity drag me down as I go through my day. And it can be anything as small or as big as you want. Like some days I feel really grateful for something huge like the beauty of the world, the mountains, the ocean, whatever. Sometimes I feel grateful that... Evan made me laugh at 3 p.m. and told, told a funny joke. Like, it could be li- literally anything that just makes you feel good and happy to be alive. Anything as big or small as you want. Some days I'm grateful for great ramen that I ate that evening. <laughs> and other days or I'm... Wi-Fi service or, yeah, you know, Wi-Fi something... service, you know? That... My comfy couch, right? Like, it, it can really be anything. It's just... It's, it's really more just about getting yourself into a frame of mind where you're thinking about how much you're, you're, you love and are grateful for all the things that you do have and with. Again, as opposed to the alternative, which is the things that you don't. I do this in the morning. Um, I also recommend doing this before bed. It's something um, I've been doing since I was a teenager. It's yeah. before bed, I'll say a few things I'm grateful for from the day and just like put it out into the ethers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it quietly to yeah, yourself. Yeah, you, you, you can say it out loud if you want to. I mean, you, you can tell it to your partner or But it's just, you know, whoever, it's just but... a really nice way to end your day. Even if, like, yesterday, two days ago, I had a really difficult day. And when I fell, like, right before I fell asleep, I did not want to say anything I was grateful for. I was just like, I want to sleep. I want to wake up and feel better. But I said a few things I was grateful for, and it actually helped me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a nice way to start to reframe your thought process and realize that there is always something to be grateful for out there. A hundred percent. Exactly. So yeah, the, the second thing in the Grems process, the R, is really just taking stock of random acts of kindness. And before you can take stock of random acts of kindness, well, you have to go out and do them, mm-hmm. of course. And I think you'll find that you actually are randomly kinder than you think that you are. Exactly. People think random acts are, of kindness are like buying a, a stranger a coffee or uh, buying flowers for... Give, giving a homeless guy 20 bucks. Which are you know, great or... and, you know, things that you should do if you want to. But sometimes a random act of kindness is something as small as giving somebody a smile or holding a door open for somebody as they walk through, you know, letting, exactly. you know, make, letting make someone a conversation with a stranger, yeah. you know, um, you know, hold, holding a door open for somebody, right? You know, just l- these little things, little things that we do every day that are 
you know, just to make someone's day a little bit better. Yeah, even even you can even think of it in almost the opposite way. Being kind is the opposite of not being kind. So, you know, if someone makes you angry and you don't react, could that be thought of as a random act of kindness? Possibly. If you are yeah. if you instead of reacting in anger, react in a mild-mannered, calm way, then yeah, you are getting kinder. And a hundred percent, yeah. And I, I think, you know, you, just to play devil's advocate here, like on one hand, you could say, oh, well, you know, is, isn't this just kind of taking things that we're already doing and making them to, out to be more than they actually are? You know, shouldn't shouldn't we be doing these things anyway? And the answer is yes, but the answer, I, I think, also is, is that by focusing on these things more and by kind of magnifying their importance by taking stock of them and writing them down and bringing them to our minds... We tend to think of ourselves more as kinder people. Yeah, well, I and think... And by, by doing that, you know, I think when we think of ourselves as a kinder person, we're more likely to go out there and do kind, compassionate things afterwards. Exactly. Right? I think the, the, the more we... It's a, it's a dopamine thing, really. If we're yeah. writing down, oh, I was... I high-fived this person after their workout, or I, I smiled at this person at the grocery store, then I think... When we feel good about those things, our brain gives us a little reward when we write it down. It's like a, it becomes like this reward habit response. Mm-hmm. So the more we start to fill that our brain with dopamine after we give ourselves that little reward, the more yeah. kind we're, we're going to do to stuff like be. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost it's just, it's just like it's almost like classical conditioning, but for something that's actually going to benefit everybody else out there as opposed to just us. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's, it's great. It's, it's a really awesome positive feedback loop to be uh, to be building. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, uh, moving to the E, the exercise component. Now, we, we, we probably could have done an entire segment on just this. And maybe we will at and some point. Maybe we will at some point. Exactly. But, you know, for the time being, um, I mean, exercise, if you haven't heard, it's one of the few things out there that doesn't really have any downsides. There aren't really a whole lot of negatives. To no, the, no. I could name. Let's see. If you overtrain, if you overexercise, then it can be hard on your body. Yep. And if you are moving incorrectly, repetitively, right. if you're, if you're doing really something only... that's going to hurt you, you know, if you're again doing too much, then but, it can be a negative. But, but most of the time, people are really okay with exercise, and it will just give you. A lot of awesome benefits. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, God, the, the health benefits, you know, there, there are the, the mental benefits. I mean, moving just stimulates all sorts of positive things happening in your brain, right? You've got, you know, you've got serotonin being released. You have something called brain-derived nootropic factor that gets released when you're doing, you know, long, pro, any prolonged form of cardio or even strength training, right? Um, I mean, the, the effects are just unbelievable. There's a confidence boost, you know, there's, there's the energy boost that comes along with it, which, you know, gives you the willpower to go out and make better decisions throughout the, the entire day, right? Um, I mean, it, it's just, you know, I, I don't think there's, a, there's anybody out there at this point that's really saying it's a bad idea. And right? I really, I really want to stress the importance that you don't have to go out and exercise for an hour. And this is coming from a personal no. trainer. You can exercise for 15 minutes and get some great benefits. If you're new to exercise or if it's daunting, if you hate it, whatever, just go out for a quick walk, 
do some crunches on the floor, whatever it is, just get your heart rate up a little and get moving and you will immediately start to feel better. You will start to feel the benefits of exercise. You don't have to go and do a hard workout at the gym for an hour. No, you, you don't have to totally kill yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and any, anything that involves you know, getting up and moving your body is, is probably going to make you feel better in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally believe it's something you should do almost every day, right? Yeah, even um, if I mean, it's I'm, just all for taking, I'm all for taking a rest day sometimes, but even, even, if, even then, you know, I mean, go for a short walk. Exactly. Just do, do something to get your blood flowing and you know, to kind of get those positive juices working in your favor. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so moving, moving to the M in Grimge then, uh, this one is meditation. And again, I could and most certainly will do an entire episode on just this. But if you haven't heard, uh, meditation is amazing, right? Um, it's, it's really, you know, kind of sitting there and focusing on just one thing in its purest form. You know, a lot of the time with a lot of different meditation practices, that's focusing on the breath. Mm-hmm. And uh, as... Uh, <laughs> As, as the guy that uh, runs the Dharma Bomb Temple that I've been going to for years always says, you know, when, when you're focused on your breath, what are you not focused on? Anything else? Exactly. That's right. So it, it's, it's really about taking your mind away from worrying about things in the past, worrying about things that could happen in the future, um, you know, kind of just overanalyzing and constantly just, you know, thinking of all these different things that, and instead just staying present. You know, keeping yeah. keep your mind focused on just one thing for an extended period of time. Yeah, and I, and I want to say the same thing that I just said about exercise. I mean, for some people, including me, I think meditation is harder than exercise. But take it in small doses. I started meditating like one minute a day because I'm really ADD and that's all I can handle. And now we do about five to ten minutes a day and it is hard. So. Yeah. If, if you're new to meditation, that's, don't... That's right, folks. Even, even seven, eight years into doing this, it's still hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, never, it never really gets easier. But you know, going, going back to the whole getting into routine thing, I, I mean, you just get into a routine. It just becomes part of your day, like brushing your teeth or, uh, you know... Getting up and getting dressed and taking a shower, and, right? I mean, and if you are only committing to five minutes a day, it's really not that daunting there are even apps on your phone you can download that will time it out for you and you don't even have to think about it and i it's a it's a really easy one to want to skip i think i know most mornings i want to skip it and say i don't need to meditate today i I woke up feeling okay but i can tell a difference on days when i meditate and when i don't i just generally feel less reactive when i meditate um, on days that I do meditate and, you know, like, again, this is after a few years of practicing, but like we've gone on and off of it and you can definitely, definitely tell a difference. Uh, so, absolutely. So just, just to briefly go into the science behind it, right? Um, there's, there's a little, I guess, piece of your brain called the amygdala, right? And basically when the amygdala is activated, when you're in a, a prolonged state of stress, and you've got all these things on your mind and all these racing thoughts. Um, 
it takes you out of the present moment and it makes it so that you're, you're constantly in a state of kind of like low level anxiety, yeah. right? Now, it's been shown that when you regularly meditate, basically you promote uh, alpha, alpha brainwave activity in your brain, which has been shown to actually deactivate the amygdala and you know, furthermore make you feel kind of calmer and cooler and like Montana said, less reactive as you're going throughout, throughout your entire day. Mm -hmm. um, Imagine not being insanely pissed out off about a person cutting in front of you when you're driving. Right, exactly. <laughs> it sounds impossible sometimes, but it really is. Yeah, imagine going through your day and just not, not letting the things that people say and do all the time piss you off, right? Yep. Imagine, um, you know, being able to tackle something without dreading it or worrying about it and just kind of getting into it and you know, get, getting going with it. Um, that, that's really what the practice is about. Mm -hmm. um, again, staying, staying non-reactive and kind of just being able to tackle anything calmly and coolly, yeah. Take, taking it as it comes. Yeah. That's it. So that being said, don't skip it. Start small. Yep. One minute a day. That's, <laughs> that's a good place to start. You know, yeah. 60 seconds on the timer. Just spend 60 seconds sitting there and trying to think about nothing but your breath. And, you know, every, every time your mind wanders away, just bring it back. You know, don't, don't uh, beat yourself up for it. You know, don't, don't mentally punish yourself. Just keep bringing it back to the breath. That's Absolutely. it. That's how to get started. Um, yeah, that, I guess that brings us to the J in Grimm's, the last piece of it I recommend on a daily basis, and that's journaling. And so with journaling, this one's a little bit more freeform, but I find it really helpful because you know a lot of the time I go through my day and I have all these thoughts running through my mind, and it's really helpful to put them on paper. It's really helpful to kind of just put them down in one place and get them out of my brain and onto somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I feel like I, then I can let them be. Because I've, I've expressed myself, I've put it down, I've formulated my thoughts, I've kind of organized them. And a lot of the time, I have put a positive spin on whatever stuff has been running through my brain. Yeah. And I've put it down on paper. Yeah. I like doing the positive journaling where you might say, you know, like, uh, this happened today and it sucked, but I felt better by doing this or I reacted this way. Right. Because cause our day, nobody's day is just all bad 100%. Like, yes, no, some days yeah. really do suck, but there's always a positive spin. Or you can say, well, but now I have a, and now I know what to do better next time or... That's right, exactly. You know, I, I, these, these bad things happened to me today, or today I woke up feeling this way, but, you know, it's, it's okay because this, and in the future I'm going to make it even better by, you know, handling it differently this way. Exactly. Or, you know, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's, that's kind of the last piece of that. Um, yeah, Grimm's process, I try to do it every day, and I, I try to write all those things down. You don't, you don't have to write a book, guys. Um, I mean, I, I literally have a moleskin notebook that I write in, you know, some $10 on Amazon thing, right? And I'll fill, you know, the, fir the first page will be my journal, and the second page will be a recording of the, the stuff I'm grateful for and, you know, random act of kindness. And... I would even highly suggest to people who have a hard time 
making a big change, even if this is not a huge change, but people that have a hard time committing to a habit, like me, choosing just one thing that they're going to do every day. And once you do that every single day for two weeks, then add in another thing. So if you decide that you want to meditate every day, start with that one, do it for five minutes every day. Once you've done that consistently for two weeks, then that habit has probably been built and you can add in maybe your daily journal or something. Mm -hmm. Cause I know when I started this, it was so difficult for me to commit. I don't even do all these every day. Even now I yeah, try I, to, but it's hard. Same. I, mean, so. I, I do most of these things most days, but there, there are, of course there are still days where I'll skip something or I'll be in a hurry. Or but we go back, we go back it. to it every day because we've already created the habit. So when you're starting from nothing, I really strongly urge you to just start with one thing and then add on from there. I just think that's the, it, people really like to dive into doing a, a big thing go, all at go once. Go all in yeah. you know, from day one. Yeah. You know, starting, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's the famous words, right? You know. Uh, as of tomorrow, I'm going to do everything. Everything's going to be different. Everything's going to change. Exactly. I'm going to do everything right, and my life is going to be perfect and happy from this point forward forever and ever. Yeah, and I can't um, tell you. I've read lots of books about habit change, and that's always the biggest thing that they always hammer home is start with one thing. Do one thing. So in summary, to kind of round all of that up, um, the first major tip that we have for you guys during quarantine, during all this coronavirus stuff is to set a routine, you know, kind of figure out some new habits that you want to put into place and, you know, don't implement too many of those habits at once. Start small, you know, start with even just one of them. Do that for a little bit and then, you know, gradually introduce everything else. But, but yeah, you know, at very least in the morning, you know, write some stuff down that you want to do, you know, try to create some time blocks and kind of just work from there. Absolutely. I hope everyone is staying sane and positive during this crazy weird time that we're going through. And I hope even if our information just helped a little tiny bit that you will share this podcast with your friends, tell everybody you know about it. Um, (laughs) I don't know if we're going to be on iTunes, but rate, review (laughs) and subscribe uh, wherever we are. In any case, we've got a website going. It's mindfulnesshappyhour.com. It's very much still in development, um, but eventually we're going to have a blog there. Um, we're going to have you know just some additional information, probably links to you know send to friends and family whatnot to download these things. And aside from that, uh, I just want to say we're actually going to do a couple more of these as well with some additional tips on staying sane through Corona days. This is kind of the first of uh, of the segment here, but. Other than that, um, big thank you for joining today, everybody. Really appreciate it. I'm Montana Maxwell. And I'm Evan Vasili. And this Mindfulness Happy Hour has come to an end. We'll see you next time.